Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast is brought to you by Fan Mail. Buy monthly subscription box. Buy Lady Geeks for Lady Geeks. You can find more information about Fan Mail at myfanmail.com. You can also use the promo code Mayday to get 10% off your first box right now. Also brought to you by Mine, a comics collection to benefit Planned Parenthood. Support Planned Parenthood with comics by Neil Gaiman, Gabby Rivera, Amber Benson, Gerard Way, Yona Harvey, Mara Wilson, Kelsey Herks, and more. Uh, you can go to the Kickstarter page. If you go to comicmix.com and scroll down, it'll be right there on the right-hand side. You'll see the link or go to their uh, Twitter page, at Comic Mix, and you can find it. There are 22 hours left as of right now uh, to contribute to their page. They did meet their goal, so it will be coming out, but there's lots of stretch goals and cool things you can get if you contribute, so go check that out. And also brought to you by Nina Diaz, a fantastic singer, songwriter, lead singer of the band Girl in a Coma. She is touring right now with her band, uh, touring on her solo album called The Beat is Dead. You can find information about her at ninadiazmusic.com and follow her on Twitter at at ninadiazmusic. So check her out. Uh, Fantastic voice, fantastic artist. Once again, ninadiazmusic.com. Hey everybody, it's Justin. This is part three of our three-part interview with Warren Littlefield, our 20 Minutes with Warren segments. Uh, This will be the final one. Uh, When we last left off, we were discussing the powerhouse performance by Ann Dowd as Aunt Lydia and uh, just discussing the complexities of that character and how amazing she was. So let's continue that conversation right now. I thought her character was one of the more complex characters in this story because you are you're getting that push and pull from her where she does indeed like you can see it uh you can feel yep. it the love for these girls but also that she has to be like this authority figure to you know teach them and put them in place we when we talk about it on the podcast we almost the ants are in our opinion kind of like the true believers they're almost like the priests that have really yeah. completely bought in to this um idea of gilead um and are there to enforce it like drill sergeant slash mom and they, some combination of those three. And so what I think is great is when you get to that last couple episodes where they're supposed to stone Janine and you see this little bit of a transformation to where you kind of see a crack in the armor, I guess, of Aunt Lydia. And yeah. adding that was just an amazing turn for that character. And Ann Dodd was just absolutely incredible. Um, well, she she loves those women, um, but she has a vision for them that's um, very very different from from freedom and their vision for themselves. And therein lies great drama. Absolutely. So Elizabeth Moss. Um, yeah. You can't really say enough about this performance. Obviously nominated for lead actress in drama series. Uh, just. Highly acclaimed performance for this. And as you said, so much is done with her, with uh, also as with Alexa Padel, with, you know, facial expression, a look, a, mm-hmm. you know, just a, a, a movement. And there's so much in all of those looks. There's so much conveyed. And that cannot be done by your everyday garden variety actress, um, as you probably well know from being in the <laughs> business so long. Uh, so talk about watching someone tap into that level of talent and just be, what was that like to see? Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, Elizabeth, um, who I refer to as Lizzie, um, it, it, to be with her, even on set, um, 
is fun. Uh, and, and then the camera rolls. And it's a, it's a phenomenal transformation. Um, and she feels the pain of Offred's journey. Um, remember, she's also, in, a, in essence, she's playing two roles. She's playing June, who, who was the woman before Gilead. So we have a rich flashback history of who she was. And then and we hear her voice in the voiceover. And then we also see the prison that she's in, um, in the present, um, in Gilead. And, and so this entire narrative of who she was, who she is, what is she thinking, is all being played out on Elizabeth's face. Um, and and I, 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 it's hard for me sometimes to imagine how she made it through a scene, much, much less how did she get through the day. And in between those scenes... Um, we're just hanging with Lizzie. It, 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 it's, it's truly, she's got a, an incredible concentration. Um, um, but, you know, she comes very, very prepared. Um, she has thought a lot about everything that's happening um, in this character's journey, um, in the episode, um, and also in the scene, and in the moment. Um, and so she has really, really good instincts. Um, I think that we have an incredible directing team. Um, following Reed Morano was Mike Barker, who is um, one of our uh, directors who's going to be with us th- throughout the second season. Um, and um, I, they get, Lizzie gets and... and uh, the entire cast get tremendous, tremendous help from the directors. But Lizzie has such a strong connection to this character and and has from day one, um, where um, I think whenever we're in doubt, um, we rely upon her instincts and we're knocked out by them. And so, as you were saying earlier, we you get into the political aspect of this show. And we had the fortunate, um, for fortunate enough to interview Ann Crabtree, your fantastic costume designer for the Handmaid's oh, Tale. Oh, phenomenal! Yes, she, she was an incredible interview. I could not say enough about her. She's absolutely amazing. Brings her heart and soul to her job. Absolutely. She gave us a little insight about being on set and just seeing how the election went down, and everyone just kind of being in shock. And like you said, going, "Okay, now this is really, truly important." Um, mm-hmm. Speak to me now, as Warren Littlefield, the husband and father as I am too, um, the movies, TV, everything today is as inclusive, as open, and as available for, you know, ideas and new ideas and people that would not have been given a voice even five or mm-hmm. 10 years ago. You know, the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community, the women of color, people of color. Absolutely. And you look around at the reality and yeah. what is going on, not even in just this country, like you said, the world and this what can only be described as an assault on women's rights and people of color's rights. When you see a show like The Handmaid's Tale that represents such, you know, feminist ideals and strong women, and then you look around and 
someone is desperately trying to take all of that away? Well, look, we feel a responsibility and we feel honored to be a part of the resistance. Um, we wish that we weren't as relevant as we are. You can take all the awards away. We'd be fine if we just were not as relevant, if we weren't in this kind of a struggle and war um, of of values and morals and, and feminist rights. Um, but we are. Now, look, I think in the Obama years, I think we were able to say, hey, you know, uh, America's first African-American president. We've come a long way. We were able to convince ourselves and and hide and bury that there was still a lot of hatred out there. Um, and, and unfortunately, um, those years are gone. And, but what it's revealed is that... Um, from America's original sin of slavery is that there's so much hate um, still there. And and if anything, this is a good reminder um, as we are in a Trump world that, um, that no, there's a battle that must be fought. Um, I am old enough to have lived through Vietnam. Um, a tremendous, tremendous um, horror um, that the United States perpetuated in Southeast Asia. Um, and we learned as a, as a country, as a society, as a culture, we learned from the horrors of that at great cost, but there was growth. And I can only hope that um, we learn um, as we're in this struggle now. And if in some small way we're a part of the resistance, as we've seen now in the U.S. in a dozen cities, um, women have taken the handmaid's costumes, um, put them on, and brought those to their state capitals, to the nation's capital, and used it as a form of protest. If we can help give voice to that, um, to keep the struggle alive and keep the movement alive, then that's very satisfying. And uh, Ann Crabtree came on and more or less said the same thing. And I, I had the, uh, I was fortunate enough that in the St. Louis area, there is a group, I believe the second group that did the handmaid's protest. I know the first was in mm -hmm. Texas, a group with the yeah. in Texas, uh, Missouri, I think was the second one. And I had, mm -hmm. it, it was very strange. I had contact with Nayral, uh a couple of days before I was getting ready to do the Ann Crabtree interview. And they were doing, they have a small group of handmade protesters. And so I had Ann on and I was like, I basically said, you know, if you could speak directly to these women, what would you say to them? And she delivered this gorgeous, heartfelt, deeply personal message to the handmaid's group that I was, that I was able to post and deliver to them. That oh, was phenomenal. absolutely, it, it was so strange, the timing of it, but it, it was great. And so it's very yeah. refreshing for you as a producer and coming from that executive level where it's not always the popular thing to take the political stance. Um, but as Anne said, when we were in our interview, it's getting harder not to. And so it's, you're getting to the point now where if you don't take a stance, it says more about you than if you do. 
Uh, yeah, and 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 look, that's in a in a awful situation. Maybe that's a really good thing, where where we must stand up and be counted, um, and that kind of personal accountability and responsibility. I, I think that's really that's that's a good thing. So uh, these are this is a tough time, and and it's it's. It's difficult after watching um, 90 minutes of MSNBC at night. It's difficult to go to sleep, but um, the hope is um, we don't give up the fight. And and our feeling very much with Handmaids is that look what Offred is put. Look at the situation that she's put in. If she doesn't quit, you can't quit. Exactly. Uh, And being the voice of the resistance is great. And I think... As a man operating in this show that is clearly, you know, pushing the feminist rights and working towards that goal, um, talk about your role as an ally, because I think that is a very important thing to note that the people who are truly affected by these things are obviously the women. And so seeing you and Bruce and hearing the things that you say, um, was that an important thing? Was that something you discovered about yourself, or was that how you've always been? Have you always seen yourself as an ally for these kinds of things? Yeah, I, um, I, I grew up in a household that was mostly women. Um, two grandmothers, my mom, uh, my dad, you know, was was out there working, <clears throat> providing uh, a meal on the table, and then also a sister. So there was mostly women. And so strong women are something I've never feared. I've embraced. Um, and Bruce and I knew that if we walked into taking on um, what Margaret created, that we needed really strong women's voices, and they bring out the best in us. Um, it's been an honor and a privilege to to work with the women who, um, who have been such a critical part of the show. And, and with uh, with directors, with department heads, we we're we're stacked up with lots of strong women who just bring it all, and uh, and I think that um, that has me feeling um, incredibly grateful, um, constantly learning, um, and uh, and and we feel quite united here. There's a there's just a wonderful sense of purpose as we go about our uh, our 18 hour days. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, well, yeah. I, I will and, tell you that and, an 18 hour day shows up on the end product of this show. Uh, well, thank you. But this has been uh, really outstanding. I, I so appreciate the opportunity to talk about the show with you. All right, that concludes our final portion of our 20 minutes with Warren interviews. That is part three, and we wanted to thank Warren Littlefield for taking the time again to come on the show and discuss his involvement with The Handmaid's Tale. And good luck to The Handmaid's Tale. The Emmy Awards are tonight, as of this recording, um, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, hosted by Stephen Colbert on CBS, so definitely check those out and see what awards The Handmaid's Tale brings home. Uh, Once again, thank you, everyone, for listening, and don't forget to check out our radio station, Handmaid's Resistance Radio. It is on Slacker Radio. You can use the Slacker app available at any app store, Google Play Store, or the App Store. Uh, It's Handmaid's Resistance Radio. You can go to slacker.com and listen. It's all free. 
Uh, it features all the music from the show, uh, everything you wanted to hear from the show, and it also features awesome music from awesome bands and artists, um, music of resistance, rebellion, inspiration, and just great stuff. So please go check that out. Once again, Handmaid's Resistance Radio, that is on Slacker Radio, also available with the Slacker app. 